0: By Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Tracy Garner. Tracy's an international best-selling author, a speaker, a writing coach, and a dynamic course creator. She's also the creator of Garner Solutions, LLC, coaching new and aspiring writers through finishing books and publishing as well. She's a disability advocate and has lived with disability in her life, sometimes in an inaccessible world, but she overcomes those adversities with a can-do attitude. Nice to have you here with us, Tracy. How are you today?
2: I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. So you have some challenges in your life Mm -hmm. and yet you still overcome those adversities. First off, let's talk about some of the challenges that you've faced Mm -hmm. and how have you overcome those in your life?
2: Yeah, well, um, some of the challenges I've faced is that at age two, I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. A lot of people, maybe your listeners know about Jerry's kids. That's a famous tell- Jerry Lewis. Yeah, Jerry Lewis. Lewis. He's not my real father, but (laughs) you know, I'm Jerry's kid. But yeah, I just grew up using a wheelchair at a very early age uh, in elementary school. So I could walk until I was about 10 years old. And then I just got progressively weaker. That's what the neuromuscular disease does is weaken your muscles over time. So a lot of people with this kind of condition start out walking and then slowly lose their ability to walk and it attacks all your muscles. And so I use a wheelchair, you know, full time and really have been since elementary school, but how has it kind of manifested itself in my life? It's hard to say. I mean, of course I have limitations. There's things I can't participate in. Sometimes things are inaccessible to me. That is probably, especially as I get older, has been more devastating than when I was younger. I was very optimistic and I still am very faithful. I'm actually a preacher's kid. So my dad is an ordained minister, but they just taught me, you know, to have faith and they did not, you know, treat me any differently from my brother. I have one sibling who's older. Than me by five years. And, you know, they just made things. Of course, they made concessions about things. But my greatest, you know, obstacles are really presented by one physical barriers, you know, to my participation. And then just attitudinal, you know, attitudinal barriers are some of the hardest things to overcome because those are kind of inherent to people. And that is if their mind says that someone shouldn't participate or doesn't deserve the right to participate, or I'm not willing to. To make this ramp or this accommodation then that's something that's really hard because they're just saying that you don't deserve you know the opportunity to participate so those have been some of the larger barriers in my life well uh, you talk
1: about your your faith being a grounding part of your life and helping you to evaluate those challenges and you know trusting god to help you overcome those How does he help you to overcome those barriers between people's perceptions? That's a little bit different than a physical barrier. You know, that can be engineered, that can be changed. But as you said, you know, sometimes people's perceptions can be a challenge. So how has God helped you to overcome those things and giving you that, as you say, that can-do attitude?
2: I just think that trying to really see where people are coming from, trying to develop some understanding and a level of tolerance, and to really examine people's heart. You know, in the Bible, it's like, forgive them, Lord for they know not what they do when they were treating Jesus and how awful they treated him and I think that I say that to myself a lot like sometimes I say forgive them for they know not what they do but I often say forgive them they know not how ignorant they are and so that kind of makes me feel a little bit better that you know and and educating people is so exhausting you know sometimes because I do that in my day job I have our day job in addition to my writing but being an advocate is just so exhausting they are so Many people who I am amazed that their attitudes continue to be so obtuse about the contributions that people with disabilities can make. And it's hard, but I feel, you know, God's grace every time I think that I don't have it in me to, oh my God, Lord, there's another one. There's another ignorant person. Please help me come to the rescue. So, you know, I feel Him coming saying, okay, it's okay. Don't worry. Remember that grace. Remember that, you know, that person's heart just is not aware. Their eyes have not been opened and they have not been realized and they haven't met you, you know, that sounds conceited, but it's like, they haven't met someone sometimes who's as forgiving, because I know a lot of people that are not forgiving. They don't have tolerance for people. You know, they get mad at them when they ask questions, really try to understand, you know, where I'm coming from. Some of them, some of them will never be changed and that's okay too. And you have to kind of be at peace with that and to let it go. But there are many that I think can be changed and they just need grace they need grace and patience to kind of come around to my way of thinking. And once they do that, you know, it's so wonderful because I can be accepted. I can be welcomed. And then other people with disabilities can be welcomed and included too. And it's just a change. It's just it's just something that they haven't really ever thought of, haven't seen. And so they just don't know.
1: Well, we all need grace and we all need acceptance by God. So we're all the same, you know, spiritually, maybe we're not all the same physically, but we're all the same spiritually in front of God. So as you broken through those barriers. And as you said, those eyes have opened. What's been the most rewarding time for you? The most most rewarding experience that God has helped you walk through?
2: Wow, that's a good question. The most rewarding experience. I would think that some of it is just really my own, you know, new mercies every day, just my own daily acceptance. I do get tired of being disabled sometimes. And people think that it's all easy. Like if you're so optimistic and you're so strong and you seem to handle your disability well, then they think that it's like that every day. So when I really want to give up or I don't feel like, you know, dealing with the world and kind of want to shut myself off, God is like, you know, no, you can do it. And I really feel him giving me, strength and strengthening me. But as I get older, you know, I do ask God sometimes, like, are we done here? Is everything okay? <laughs> have you gotten enough glory? You know, I really, I'm like, sometimes I'm serious, like, and I wake up, I'm like, man, I'm disabled again, doggone it, you know, and it's just kind of like, you know, he's like, no, we're not done here. You know, we have to keep going. This is it. And that can be both comforting and depressing at the same time, because I have to realize I have to confront my world from my wheelchair. And that's hard. But I also feel getting soothed, like it's almost like a soothing. And that's been what's really like amazing. Like I almost want to cry over that sometimes because I can just feel that he is giving me strength to deal with these things. I'm not usually annoyed with my disability until I'm confronted by things. Like right now, I'm having a hard time finding caregivers. You know, the pandemic has just obliterated mm. the caregiver industry. And when people don't show up, it's hard not to take that personally. I'm going to have to call my mom to come help me. It's kind of annoying because she's getting older, but I just know that God is still with me, still helping me and still giving strength to my mother as well to help me, even though it's, it's just so hard not to have the help you need. And you just tell God, like, man, if I wasn't disabled, I wouldn't need a caregiver, you know? And sometimes I think God is like, well, where would I be? You would, you know, you might not even need me either. And so he really wants us to depend on him. And it's hard. It's hard to depend on other people. It's hard to depend on God, but that's what he's there for. And he'll give you the strength to get through these things.
1: And I believe that that's not unique to your life, that everybody has that need to depend on God. We all have things that we struggle with. So, so I get what you're talking about for sure. It's important, you know, that people understand that you talk about living on purpose. And I thought that was an interesting way to describe that because when I think about purpose, I think of living with a purpose, mm-hmm. but you phrased it as living on purpose. Can you explain to me just why you chose to phrase it that way?
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, I almost see purpose as like kind of this bed of these little things that kind of hold you up. And so I think that, you know, I'm kind of like on the top of that being propped up by my purpose and my drive and God's will for my life and what he wants me to do and how he wants me to minister to other people through talking and speaking. And some of it, you know, even my purpose, I feel is not even through any talk or any speech, even though I know we're talking now and people are listening. But also through the demonstration of being out, you know, I have book signings, I have a lot of things that put me in the public eye. And I think just the sheer presence, you know, not that I'm just, you know, some kind of rolling aura, but just the presence of that, wow, you know, she's not afraid to be out. She's not afraid to be seen. I'm not afraid to ask for help, you know, when it's time to get coffee at like conference I'm there, you know, and I speak to the servers in Spanish and they come over and help me. And I'm like, you know, I'm just getting coffee like the rest of y'all. Okay. And later I'll be in the bathroom, just like the rest of y'all. So, you know, so just thinking about like, I'm really on something like being on display or on purpose, not just, you know, like my purpose. I know what that is, but I'm really on it, like on almost on display for the world to see. And I wish there were more of us. You know, I get lonely because I don't see other people with disabilities sometimes, or they have hidden disabilities out in at the conferences that I go to. I'm the only wheelchair user. And I'm thinking, wow, it's 2022. I'm still like the only, you know, disabled Black woman coming to all these conferences and going to all these places. And I know there are other people that would like to get out. Maybe they don't have the access, but somebody might see me and they'll they'll even tell me, I went home and told my cousin, I saw this girl out and, and she was getting around in her little scooter. And I was like, okay, it's not a scooter. It's a wheelchair, but okay, go ahead. And they could come out too and they should have came with me next time. And next time I'm going to bring them. And so just those little things let me know that I have to be visible and vigilant, which has been hard too in the pandemic because I want to stay inside. I'm like, I'm not going out there ever again. It's scary out there. There's crazy people out there, but I just know that I have to keep going and keep trying because other people are looking and watching too.
1: Yeah, God's obviously given you, you know, the gift and the anointing for being an encourager you know Mm -hmm. and being as you say like a a flag bearer for jesus and we need that today it it is as you said it's a very dark time it's a very stressful time and a time where there's not a lot of hope and not a lot of pioneers breaking through those barriers Mm -hmm. that need to be broken so fantastic for you god bless you for that Mm -hmm. you know thank you Tell me about your writing. You've written mm-hmm. a number of books, bestsellers. And so what was the drive to write? Mm-hmm. And how do you find God's presence when you're writing?
2: Yeah, the presence of God when I'm writing is just so amazing. Because even my own books, I kind of read them like years later. And I just, I'm just so amazed. I'm like, who wrote that? And i like, start laughing, like this little kitty laugh. Like, wow, this is pretty. Who wrote that? And then God's like, "Yes, it was me. I did that for you." And I feel God writing because He'll tell me to put something in the book, and I'm like, "That doesn't make any sense. Why? Why does that go there?" And He's just like, "Just do it." And so I'll do it and I'll write it. And then like 30 pages later, i was like, "Oh my God, that's why. That's why you told me to put that in there." So it's just amazing. I look back on it. I know it was God. It wasn't all me. I couldn't come up with all those ideas, but my writing really started from a place of depression. I was in college at the time. I wrote my first book and my first book came out when I was 23 and I entered a contest and I won a grand prize and a trip to New York and a $500 advance. And they paid for me and my mom and my dad to go up to New York and take the train because it was more accessible. It was only a four hour train ride. And so I was actually crying one night before I won the contest. I prayed to God. I said, please help me, you know, find something else. What if I don't graduate? Like, what am I going to do with myself. And so I saw a contest online, just surfing the internet and I stopped crying and I printed it out. And I started praying, you know, I feel like the contest spoke to me. Like, I felt like I was going to win before I actually won. And I felt like this is it. Enter this. Get it together. I dated the letter, like the cover letter for the entry. On my birthday, I laid hands on the package. This is when I was still sending packages, like 20 years ago. So you actually sent a manuscript printed out on paper into a Washington, D.C. field office for the publishing house. And so they called me and told me I won. I was like, oh my God, this is like going to change my life. And it really did. It really changed my life. I submitted two more books. I got a two book deal. I am self-publishing now, but my first three books were traditionally published. And it's just been such an amazing journey to publish my books. And I just feel God helping me with all the ideas I've ever written about and just the ability to finish some of the books were written kind of fast. Other ones take me a year to two years. But when I'm really in tune with God and I'm really listening, I can finish, you know, something pretty quickly. But that's not always the case. It's not always the case because there's just so many interruptions in the full-time job and chronic condition that gives you, you know, setbacks and things. But for the most part, you know, God is always with me helping me flesh out these ideas and write the stories.
1: You know, there's so much hope in that for anybody who's hearing this interview today, you know, because I think anybody who faces, like you said, a chronic condition or adversity in their life or even social setbacks or structure or, you know, things in their life and so on. And it can be such a hopeless time. And that hope that God gave you by winning that contest, that there Mm -hmm. was something more. Tell me a little bit more about that
2: just a moving moment. I remember them asking for my picture. And there was a lot of doubt with that because I was like, oh, they just want to find out if I'm ugly. But then the real underlying thing was, you know, that they might find out that I'm disabled. Then, you know, I'd be found out and then they wouldn't give it to me, you know, because of that barrier and that prejudice. But I never even mentioned it. You know, I never mentioned it until later. And I'll tell you a point where I actually shot my own self in the foot is that I told them that I had a disability. And I now know that God was like, why did you tell them that? Who cares? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you giving them ammunition against you? You know how prejudiced people are. You know that they have these things. Why even mention it? And that's the other thing I loved about the contest too, is that I was able to be seen and valued on my writing without, you know, appearing before them in the wheelchair. So there was no physical appearance that could go before them. And that made it even that much better because it wasn't a token win, It wasn't like, oh, this little, you know, look at this little disabled Mm. girl trying her best. It's a pretty good story. It's not the greatest, but let's give it to her. You know, because there's that too. There's that sometimes you don't get to show up on your own merit. You get a pity or a token win. And so I didn't want that either. And that just made it so much more greater. But that was something that I didn't realize until years later that I submitted something. I believed I didn't mention my disability I was able to stand on an actual talent that I had and that, of course, God ordained and saw fit to permit to happen. But still, like, that was like, I have something of my own that disability is not hurting or hindering or even, you know, making happen for me, because I do know sometimes maybe at book signings, like, I don't care. Sometimes they feel sorry. I'm like, Hey, want to buy a book? You know, it's like, ching, but, you know, just being able to go, I think they are honoring sometimes too my diligence. You know, so I tried him not to make it about disability, but it's like, I'm in the chair. I'm like the only one of several people here who are trying to make this work. And so that one win made such a big deal because nothing else spoke for me except the writing. And they thought it was good. And that really encouraged me.
1: You know, the passage in the Bible that came to mind when you were sharing that was about when Jesus was a young boy and he was sitting in the temple and he was telling them all about God and all these wise religious men around and said, who is this? Mm-hmm, where did mm-hmm. he get this wisdom from? And that's yeah. exactly what it made me think about that God given gift that you have to write and expound on those topics that you write about. That's fantastic. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so where can people find your books and your organization? If they want some help, where could they go?
2: Yeah, they could just reach out to me at my website, which is Tracy Garner, T-R-A-C-E-E, Garner.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I'm at my full name. And then Instagram and Twitter is at Garner, T-E-E-Garner. And I'm happy to talk with anyone, any aspiring writers. I have a heart for aspiring writers. I seem to keep going to all these beginning conferences. And, you know, my mom's like, I don't know why you go to those. You know, everything. Why would you go to that? I'm like, I just love the beginner writer set. You know, I just love that group of people who are, you know, just in the beginning stages of writing and it's fresh and new. And so, through Garner Solutions, I help people with their book, help them with finishing the book and then publishing it. And if they want to get a book deal, you know how to go about that. Also self publishing is such a big deal. Now it has more prestige behind it than it used to. So if they want to go that route too, you know, that's fine too. So I love helping new writers get their work out there and and finish and publish it.
1: And where can people find your books?
2: Yeah, my books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And I'm also in audio for people who love to listen. I'm in the middle of a series. It has four books in it about a prominent Jameson family, and I'm getting ready to finish book four, but the first three are already out. So I hope people will love visiting with that family. And that's on Audible and ACX. And then, you know, all the other books are on Amazon or wherever books are sold.
1: Cool. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What one thought would you like to leave with our audience about God?
2: Just give him a try. God is amazing. He will change your life. He will stick by you and stick with you. Even when you run away from him, he is still there. He's in the same place. It's like you're the lost child and he's the father, just stand in the same place and you can find your way through a maze of things back to him and never give up on on a relationship, a deeper relationship with God.
1: Very true wise words from a great author. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking you. with you. And I really want to just bless you and and continue to encourage your work to expand people's minds and open them up to what God can do in their lives too.
2: Thank you, Johnny.
1: God bless you. you
3: do easy I can do hard I can do light I can do heavy Heart of mine Don't fail me now Oh Lord. The road don't run down on me Cause in my I'm gonna show you. Hey. Mm-hmm.